Welcome back to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer. And I have a really special offering for y'all today. I'm going to be having a conversation with my longtime friend, musical collaborator, whom you may know as Sut Darshan Singh. We created the music within together in 2011. And often we are asked, what is that person singing at the end? Um, so I believe that we answer that in here, but just to get the record straight and you can still email me about it and send me messages on Facebook if you don't hear this, but um, what's being sung at the end of Bliss, I Am The Light Of My Soul is Anand Sahib, and I will put the information in the show notes once and for all. And it is the first couple of verses um, Anand Sahib stands for Song of Bliss, so that is why I included it in that song and why um, we sing it at the end, or it is sung at the end. So not to be too um, mysterious, but uh, Darshan Singh is now Shoshana. She is going um, as Shoshana, Shangold has been through a transition, and as we all have, um, and I think this is sort of a beautiful illustration of how everyone is finding their own truth and their own um, way after, you know, a few things happened within our community. And we sort of had to decide where, where our heart lay. And um, we are all doing that in different ways. Uh, me and Satarshan are, like I said, longtime friends. So there's going to be a lot of silliness and a lot of jokes that possibly are only funny to us, but um, we shall see. Please let me know what you thought of the episode. Please leave feedback on Apple Podcasts. If you can leave a review, we really, really appreciate that. Helps tremendously to spread the word about the podcast and especially just share the offerings that my guests have because that's really why I do this. I like to share um, what everyone is doing and also selfishly like to have conversations with them. All right, well, without further ado, here we go. Let's talk to Shoshana. <laughs> you look like you're in, in an abyss. It's great. <laughs> like I got my Christmas tree up. You like can still kind of see. I can't see that. When I moved in with Juan, he called it his perennial Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could call it that, but it's about as fake as they come. It was also fake. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was a joke. <laughs> it's yeah, perennial. I like we it. We keep it up till um easter that's our that's as far as we go <laughs> oh, yeah i'm i'm i might as well just like keep it up for this christmas this it seems point. yeah it seems like that's probably your best bet at this point yeah <sighs> um okay well i mean that could have been the beginning honestly that that was a cute start is there a dog behind you uh no oh, okay i thought i saw the blur move so it seemed like there was a dog i mean there the there are dogs there are dogs and so probably maybe okay well <laughs> do you edit these at all <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to start yet <laughs> i mean I was just sort of no, no totally whatever i mean i don't good. usually no i That's i fine. don't usually i i have like there was one guest who told me something and then later revealed to me that she had a stalker and so i should take out the like location piece that she gave me. oh god <laughs> i know it's not funny it's just awkward um so i had to do that and then 
I did have, who was it? It was so cute. Ben, you know, Ben Leinbach. Mm -mm. Um, he's a producer. So this won't surprise you. He wanted, he wanted me to send him the audio so he could edit it. <laughs> yeah. You, you mentioned it. Yeah. Oh, I like, did. I told uh, you before. You I did, but that. it was, it's a funny story that was off the record before. <laughs> I feel like I'm like an old person now. I'm telling my stories again, collecting my stories so I can tell them. Yeah. <laughs> Keep them in my purse. Yeah. So yeah. you, you went, um, you had to put children down for this. So thank you. Yeah. I suppose you would have anyway, put them to sleep, but it's, it's all over the place. <laughs> I was, I mean, I think last night they got to bed much or got to sleep much earlier than I, they did listen tonight. Um, uh, but to my, I mean, both, both evenings we had to do a lot of running around. Um, so it's just like in the ideal world, I pick them up from school. We'd come home, we'd have like, simple family dinner and then i put them to bed but the time that i have in the evening to spend with my children is often also, also the time that i have to like do errands so mm. yeah yeah well that's that's cool you guys have a um a cool like schedule do you still do that like three two what, what was it it's like yeah three and two, three. two three two two three yeah since okay. the week is an odd number of days you split it up over two weeks. Um, and so I always have, well, it used to completely rotate. So it would be like one parent would do Monday, Tuesday, and then the other parent would do Wednesday, Thursday. And then the first parent would do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then it would swap. Right. So the, the second parent would do Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the first parent would then do Monday, Tuesday. And then that way, you would always have the kids two days a week and sometimes you would have them three for the to make seven and sometimes you would have them two um but now we do we're doing the same thing basically except i always have them wednesday thursday and she always has them monday tuesday and then the oh. weekend still swap oh, friday that... saturday sunday still swaps yeah. okay so you've adjusted it to make it work for you yeah yeah she she had like specific things she needed to be able to schedule weekly that would be easier if she yeah. could always not have the kids on certain days right um i don't know i may we may look uh look into adjusting that again the <laughs> friday in albuquerque is the is always the best night at the best venue to do karaoke and it's rare that me and the band ever get to go do that <laughs> to begin with and i'm never available because i always have the kids on friday so wait is that true no you just said monday tuesday wednesday thursday no you're right sorry i it, it's thursday Thursday's uh, okay. the best day okay friday is the second best day but we always have practice on friday okay. or people have other plans so yeah thursday is the best one you like karaoke <laughs> i do oh huh. i did not know that about you is that do a new like thing karaoke? I've always I, enjoyed singing karaoke. <laughs> no, you know, it maybe maybe I, I need a perspective shift on it. But to me, it was like it it's like um like asking a lawyer to like play pretend law. Like it's like I already do this. I like why am I pretending that I do this? This I don't know, that's what it feels like when I do karaoke. Oh. Like, yeah, let's all pretend to be performers, but oh wait, but I am. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, I I mean I just 
I don't think about it like that at all. It's just it's, it's probably fun. for the best. <laughs> it's probably I mean, more fun. I don't know. To me, it is a real performance with like super low stakes. <laughs> that's see, that's a great perspective. I'll yeah. follow that. Real performance with super low stakes. Yeah. Like a I'll great way to like taking notes sort now. Of for sure. Like a great way to practice your stage presence and I mean, and I'm in like a like a rock pop band, and so we do covers. So if there's like covers that we're thinking about doing, a great way to sort of try them out is karaoke. Yeah, that makes sense. Super low stakes. <laughs> <laughs> I like to take notes because I like to make something that you said be the title. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's not necessarily what I'll use, but no, I, sure. I just but write. It's, I just it's write. a good option. You can have it on the list. Uh, <laughs> tagline, performance with super low stakes. Yes, performance with super low stakes. Absolutely. I mean, speaking of which, Kirtan was a performance with super low stakes. Oh, absolutely. So That's... I guess it. you, yeah, you, you recognize them when you see them or when you play them. Kieran or well, like I don't know, like you're you're <laughs> used to a certain like sort of low key performance style, and then you find karaoke. Oh, this is similar to in a you know very different, but also similar in the fact that everybody's here to have a good time, kind of for sure. Thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I there's just certain certain pop songs that are just super fun, and to be able to kind of experience them in a different way is something I think I've always enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I remember we, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, this is your, you were about to say something. Let's. Oh, uh, I, I remember, uh, I mean, ages ago when I was staying at your, at your parents' house, we connected over a love of musical theater. And I feel like that's somehow a parallel mm. interest. Yes. Yes. Remind me what we listened to. Oh, I don't know. We watched Rent one night. Oh, we um, did. But was that when the movie came out or was Oh, I think it was way after. It was way um, okay. Yeah, you it was. I think it was one that you had known that you liked, and and we watched yeah. it with your parents. Yeah. Yeah, fun times. Yeah. <laughs> I was. I I tried to do the intro before this. I'm not sure if I'll use it. We'll see. But, um, I usually do it afterwards. But I'm trying to get ready for a trip, and I find that if I don't, if I leave the inter the intro, then I end up like kind of. Uh, being sluggish about about re releasing the episode so mm. um tried to do it but I, one of the things that i said was the i don't know if you if you go through the internet sort of sometimes and, and look at because our, our video has been posted by you know of bliss has been posted by various people it's not just on my in fact i think one of the first people to post it was i don't know who it is but they have like i'm uh, several million views at this point yeah it's like, like it's, tens of millions isn't yeah it? it's it's a pretty yeah it might be in the hundreds i don't know I'm, I'm exaggerating i actually don't know but it's it's a big number um but i sometimes i'll look through the comments because i'm just curious sometimes if i'm having a bad day like, oh, <laughs> oh what i do is not for nothing um but what but it's like everybody asks the same question about that song and i like i just want to put everyone out of their misery like the thing that you sing at the end is a nun yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean i i always felt like 
my my singing of an unsaved could have been articulated better or a better mic could have been used. Well, I don't know. I, don't know I feel that like that's the issue. I don't no, know. I know. Like, for I sure. wouldn't, I like, would know what this was. I, even just right. to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, if the consonants were a little bit clearer, I would have recognized it so much easier. <laughs> my mom used to read this to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, no, you, I would... but you listen to that and you're like, I didn't enunciate. <laughs> no, I think it was, I think it was the mic. I feel like we had like mic drama and I used we ended up using oh a mic God. that was not the ideal vocal mic yeah I don't I'm just laughing because <laughs> I don't remember exactly what the what the <sighs> what the situation was maybe you do but I remember getting very upset with you on a subway about <laughs> about because you didn't tell me something about the mic was that what it was uh I remember you getting upset with me on the subway. <laughs> I I remember it vividly. I, I remember the happy to rehash that, that for you. <laughs> no, you were the unless there was a different time you were upset with me on the subway, but we were on our way to um your story to the dinner, right. No, the might. No, no, okay. we were on our okay. The time that I remember is we were on our way to Pulse oh, Studio. We couldn't have been on the way to the storage unit because we drove. Okay, so we were on a subway. We were, we were on, on... A, on a subway on the way to Pulse Studio, and I think I had, right. I had, okay, so maybe I don't remember it as clear as I thought, but I had gotten the address wrong, I think, and we went to like the wrong place. Um, and there was something that I didn't give you all the information about. I don't know if it was the address or what it was, but that's the, in, that's the in, in instance that I remember you being upset with me. Did, <laughs> but, you, but there was something where like, you didn't have the mic that we were supposed to use, or you lost it or lent it to somebody, because we had to get no. another mic at some point, no? We, I, the mic that we had been using was a mic that I owned that stopped working. Oh, um, okay. And and we ended up borrowing um, one of a, one of my like engineer mentors, basically from this from when I interned at the studio. We ended up borrowing one of his Neumann TLM one hundred threes, I think, um, which was a an amazing thing that he would did for us to lend us that mic it's like a like several thousand dollar vocal mic but he said he never used it it was like in perfect condition and we of course took extra good care of it and that did end up i think that did end up recording your vocal on most of the songs yeah okay yeah that's funny there were there were so many how can i put this there were so many like opportunities, I think, to get closer to you in our bickering. That's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a great perspective. I mean, because it doesn't feel like I don't. I'm, I certainly didn't leave that situation being like, oh god, that jerk. You know, like I, I wasn't like it wasn't like that. But it was like it was almost hilarious in retrospect the things that we. No, about. we were we were absolutely like siblings that were trying yeah. to collaborate on something and just like it got to the point where we knew too much about each <laughs> other like we we knew exactly what each other's like sore spots were and mm. and and uh didn't know didn't always know how to like be sensitive to them or weren't i don't know weren't willing to or whatever it might have been it was like <laughs> Yeah, but we definitely like had a very close relationship that didn't always manifest in the best in communication. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, that was, I don't know, that I still look back on that as like a fun time. And oh, absolutely. You, you had wanted to eat kitchery the whole time to save money, I remember, right? God. That was, but um, that was, that was my first time trying to do that actually. But I, yeah, I was, I don't know that it was like, yes, I wanted to have kitchery as a staple fallback food that not wasn't necessarily something we ate like exclusively yeah but, but something that we could always have available so that we always had like sustainable like sustain or a sustaining food that um was inexpensive <laughs> yeah yeah I mean, yeah I mean you had a little bit of an income at the no. time I had none whatsoever right. um and yeah so there was definitely some some uh financial drama that we had to weather and I think we, I think we did ended up doing okay but yeah. yeah it was definitely a time in my life where I was like figuring out what I was I mean what I could do that would be lucrative and I hadn't quite hit on it yet I mean I was trying to be like a professional sound engineer in New York City um and I was like exclusively like my the only income I was getting was was doing sound for Kirtans basically mm -hmm. either at an actually it's interesting i started to get a lot more work in that realm after we did the album um like i ended up getting hired as integrals like main sound person and i was booking all of their shows for a while um oh. and then there was another yoga studio yoga maya in new york i don't even remember how i got connected with them but they ended up hiring me really often to do kirtans there which was great that was such a sweet space and i met a lot of great people that way um Bryn from Yoga Maya I still follow her on Instagram I'm really she's like real deal like authentic just like heart-centered uh like Hatha or Ashtanga or whatever uh yeah. yoga teacher in, in New York City um but yeah at, at the time like I had not cracked that egg as much as I ended up being able to do a little bit later in my time yeah. in New York you had such a nice kind of safety net in terms of people like that i'm not i mean you must have been aware of that but i'm oh, not absolutely. sure how like you've never not had that so how like what is do you know what i mean it's like when you have loving parents and you kind of don't know to appreciate it sort of it, it oh absolutely does it feel no, like that this is like it definitely feels like that no i mean it's i've always felt like and I, this is actually, I mean, definitely to a fault. Like, I've always felt like I could just take risks that were maybe ill-advised because somebody somebody would have end up having my back. And usually, often at the last minute, somebody showed up and would have my back. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that was often my parents when I was younger. So, I mean, it's an interesting insight. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, no, it's, I mean... I, it's a little bit of a, uh, I don't know if this is the right, I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a cross that I bear. I feel like I did grow up with a lot of privilege for better or worse. Um, and like, felt like I could kind of get away with doing whatever I wanted and, and people wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't help me out when I, when I took a, a misstep. Yeah. I mean, like there's, you know, nothing to feel guilty about in having like a nice, oh, do you need, do you need to, Oh, he's fine. He, he just, no. I thought I did, but he just needed to go to the bathroom. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, n nothing, 
like there's nothing to apologize for right it's just it's just kind of the fact of i mean it's kind of the one the wonderful fact but also like you know it wasn't all rainbows i'm definitely not suggesting that but no yeah but to my eyes when i met you it was like wow you know a lot of you know a lot of people in new york there's a lot of you know like we needed to stay somewhere we had somewhere to stay we you know we were going to people's potlucks and um, yeah i mean i i benefited from a lot of community surrounding like kundalini yoga and sikhism that was already in place in new york that i was able to tap into pretty easily when i went there and i mean i also had the benefit of being somebody who had had gone to school in india and had experiences directly of spirituality in india that i think a lot of people uh either craved or like look up looked up to or felt like was something that i could share and 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 just bring to bring to i guess the community um and yeah so um there's a lot of yeah i mean well it's interesting too um sut kitten had been trying to build a lot of that community as well um and so i met a lot of people through her um and anyway yeah <laughs> rambling rambling a little bit but yeah, yeah i, I definitely there was definitely it was easy to sort of to as somebody who had any level of like I don't know, outgoing personality and charisma could easily tap into that, I suppose. I don't know. Maybe I'm selling myself <laughs> short. Um, and I mean, I suppose I've always been the kind of person that like always wanted, always like looked for people that I could, that would be interesting to collaborate with or would be like a good friend or like somebody I, I wanted to hang out with, like Joshua Chaplin, for instance. Hmm. Um, like when I, when, when we met, I guess I was. But who I played the the iconic electric guitar on that track? By the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yes, thank you for the context. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, Joshua Chaplin, who who helped us craft that album so beautifully with his beautiful guitar tones, yeah. um, was one of the people that I interned at the recording studio with, and there was so many amazing musicians that were that were in, also interning or worked at the studio. And I had just recently started to lead. Was it, it wasn't the studio that we went to. That wasn't the same studio that you were working on. No, the, the no. studio that we went to. Um, what's it her was because your, your, she played cello, right? She was a Kundalini. She lady. played cello. It's funny. I, I spoke with her recently. Yeah. Uh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Um, shoot. Uh, anyway, I'll, it'll come back to me. Uh, yeah fun fact we almost recorded the vocals there <laughs> well we did i mean we did we recorded yeah we, redid I mean, it. we did end up redoing it uh, just because i think we were we just it was it was a stressful environment and we didn't have a lot of time and for what we were the way that the style that we were already recording just it was a lot more conducive to sort of take our time and be able to try stuff and not feel like we had to get it done in two mm-hmm. hours yeah um, yeah that's true yeah Sorry, but you were talking about the studio that you're working out with, with uh, yeah, Josh. So, I was just asking if, yeah. Yeah, so um, Josh was one of like four people that were amazing guitarists. And I was trying to find somebody who wanted to come play guitar with me when I led live Sodna at Golden Bridge. Which um, is not an easy bill to fill when you ask your non-Kundalini yoga 
musician friends if they'd like to wake up at 3.30. <laughs> so yeah. kudos, kudos to him. Kudos to Josh for like, no, I mean, that was always his, his personality. He was like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down for that. That sounds like an interesting thing that I'd be, I'd like, right. like to experience at least once. And then he, he kept coming back and ended up being like. I always wanted to know what it was like to be an on-call nurse as a guitarist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were plenty. I mean, he, he had a baby right around the same hmm. time that we were recording that album too. Yeah. So like he definitely had And he was the car main caregiver. He was. We I did mean, a lot of rehearsals with We did, yeah. Elliot? Yeah, his yeah. Elliot, yeah. With yeah. Elliot. Yeah, Elliot who would be gosh, he's three years older than my son. Which like would make 14? him Well no, my son's 13? nine. Thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Or yeah, twelve or thirteen. I mean oh, he'd be twelve. He'd be twelve. So he's like just a little bit older yeah. than um sodden in the city <laughs> that's so crazy so he's only he's only two years older than my youngest which means that from the time that i met that baby i was only two years away from wow <laughs> but i didn't yeah. know that then that was a very wild time i mean did you did not seem and i did not seem very close to getting married or having children at that point yeah no i mean neither did i for that matter and i mean yeah. i was you, you did it before i did but i was right behind you <laughs> yeah simultaneous almost yeah, it was. I mean, we met our the parent of our children. I think you met Heidi Munder a little bit earlier. Although, no, that's not true. Actually, I I knew Jessica then Fate Paul. I had known her for a year, um, before her and I ended up getting together. Um, and had you had you met Heidi Munder before? I met him uh, at the twenty ten summer solstice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's when that's when you and I met as well. I think. Yes. Because that's the year that Sodden in the City came out. Yeah. Yeah. We were trying to piece that together. So we we met at Summer Solstice 2010 on the sound team. That's also where I met my soon to be husband. Didn't know it. Didn't know I was meeting you to make an album with you either. Actually. Um, but you played Sodna one morning with your Kirtan Caravan, and I was super impressed. And um, I was super impressed by just, I don't know, it, it, it's, it's a major thing going to going to a solstice because you're like, you're sort of in infiltrating like this huge network of people. I mean, yeah, like that are have been have so much history. Um, so much more than I realized at the time. <laughs> so yeah. many more layers than I was aware of um but you know it felt very bright and shiny and 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 sweet for the most part um felt yeah. a little it also felt very stern sometimes which was sort of a hard um a hard aspect for me i'm sure i didn't experience as much sternness as you did but as an yeah. adult it was quite shocking um the way some teachers would would talk to me uh, yeah where was i going with that oh yeah so we met that summer yeah um and then and stayed then that... in touch because it yeah, wasn't we until did. december i mean this was june it wasn't until december new year's really that i was like hey let's make an album so we can we must have continued to stay in touch because then when we you did. came up to la yeah i came to la in october and i right. think that was we 
I mean, yeah, we didn't know each other at all, really, at that point. Um, but I was like, hey, I, I mean, I remember, well, you you would come to my dad's house, as a bunch of people did, after summer solstice. And so That's we connected right. a little. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think we had, like, a little bit of, like, a Kirtan, like, chanting session in one of the bedrooms with a bunch of other people. Yeah. Um, we yeah, didn't sign that. Did we? In, yeah. in Española? Yeah, at your dad's house the day, like, when we slept there, we we all oh that's right yeah i remember um i don't remember that as clearly i remember like hanging out and we were all chanting recce recce nahar like in the afternoon one day and i remember being really impressed by by your voice probably a lot of singing going on yeah yeah there was oh and we also (laughs) i mean it's funny yeah I, i mean i don't i don't know when i really realized like how much of a accomplished musician you were but i remember we also sat across from each other during tantric and i was um i think you were sitting next to guru paul who was my partner and i remember hearing you singing during the just during the meditations and thinking like oh my god that woman's voice is incredible (laughs) oh that's funny was that the day that i bawled oh i don't remember okay i that's that's what i remember about that about that tantric is i there was like me and there was a woman there who was a masseuse or like a healer and she wore white all the time anyway (laughs) Um, of course but it was like her first solstice she wasn't really into kundalini yoga and she was diagonal for me and we both lost it like during Mm. one of we were just like and of course they say like they're like well it's the diagonal energy or whatever but i think it might have also just been that we had both broken up with our partners Or, you know, the people that we had been with. Um, but, yeah, that's what I remember from it. But anyway, yeah, so that's that's funny. Okay. And so then <laughs> after October, I started singing with Michelle, who is now Paloma. Yeah. Davey, who toured with the Guru Ganesha band. Right. She's on a bit of a uh, break from live stuff. She has two, she has two kiddos too. Actually, yeah, all three of us, me, Paloma and Allison, we have, we all we have two boys. Wait, no, we oh. have two kids. No, Paloma has a boy and a girl, I think. All right on. Yeah. Yeah, I've stayed, in, I've, I've uh, continued to watch what Allison's been up to on the socials. It seems like yeah. she's. I wanted her to come on the podcast too. She's like such a cool herbalist. Yeah. No, she's, but she doesn't she's like always... video. Hmm. I, yeah, I would have presented myself differently if I think I had fully oh. <laughs> appreciated that we were. I mean, I'm in my pajamas. I'm not getting yeah. dressed up for this, but it's fair enough. I mean, you're I could, I should have warned you. I forgot. It's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I'm I'm fresh in, from the shower, so there's yeah. I'm, I'm nice and clean, <laughs> <laughs> which is great because no one could smell you anyway. <laughs> God. <laughs> um yeah so yeah so then after after that i do want to get to actually what you're doing now but just to close on that so after after meeting in october then i decided to come to winter solstice because michelle and or paloma and Allison. allison had it's so funny everybody has a different name now 
Because she, she, well, Allison sort of was always Allison, but she went as Padam Take for a minute. Um, a minute, yeah. Yeah, and and Paloma's been Paloma for a while. Like she started take, using that name with the Guru Ganesha band, which is yeah. She was Jai Kartar the... when I knew her. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jai Kartar and Padam Take. Yeah. Allison and Michelle Paloma Davy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, by the way, if anyone caught on, we recently changed like the album cover for our album. So it now lists four artists. Which is four artists that are the two of us. Yes, that are two people. <laughs> oh, um, okay, but so we we ended up going to Winter Solstice and yeah. then and then I, because I came back to the East Coast because that's where my parents were living and you were also in New York, we mm -hmm. met up and I think that's when, no, that was a different trip that Honeymooner came out. Yeah, because he wouldn't have, that would have been later. Um, yeah. I... But we did New Year's at, at your- Yoga um, East. Oh. You weren't there for this, actually, but I stayed with. Oh, I don't remember. I think his name was Fateh. Yeah. Fateh and right. Guru Nam also stayed the night. It was like me, Guru Nam, and Fateh. And we woke up the next morning and did a Kriya where I remember, because I remember this vividly because it was so weird. It was a Kriya where Yogi Bhajan wanted us to just keep kissing. And I remember just being with these two dudes and it was so awkward, not each other, but like, right. Yeah, and I'm like, no, oh my God, could this have been really... like the worst, the worst I mean, Kriya that, to do it? I don't know, Fateh isn't, that Fateh who lives in New York, I don't know what he's up to now, but he is an interesting force that seems to have affected a lot of things <laughs> um he he actually him and um my co-parent dated very briefly before her and i met and i don't think they were together anymore when i met her but she was still kind of hanging out with him and they she didn't know anybody else yet like she was still trying to like meet people in the community and and so he had because he had told her about it or he invited her they were both at golden bridge uh one of the first mornings that we played sadhana right after the solstice where you and i met actually oh it's so interesting that to, to put that timeline together so yeah that solstice you and i met for the first time i released the sadhana city album <clears throat> went back to new york and did some sadhanas at golden bridge and the future mother of my children and fate were at one of those sadhanas um <laughs> And and then he he invited us all out to breakfast. It was me, Sajo, and I don't remember who else, and and Jessica and Fate. And he was like, he felt like it was his responsibility, or he had the right to like give me all this feedback and criticism about the Kirtan Caravan, and and particularly like the the women that were in the that were singing on the album and had all this criticism levied towards them. And Jessica was just listening to him. I was like, "What? What is he? This guy telling him all of this stuff for? Why does he feel like he has any right to say this stuff?" And anyway, <laughs> bizarre. It's one of the many bizarre encounters that one collects growing up in this community. <laughs> okay, 
do you want to hear this is this was funny to me we we did a new year's kirtan do you remember hudu nam was playing at um golden bridge yeah and we i think we did like a cameo we weren't really i don't playing, did right? we i don't think we played i, okay, I remember so singing is, okay this is i remember so there were two new year's events that night hmm. and w we were featured or we asked to be invited at yoga east and that was earlier in the night so that one oh. didn't didn't actually go up to midnight at new year's so and see i don't remember that one at all what did we do we sang for a we, class we yeah i think he taught a new year's class and we sang and there's there's still video of it on my youtube channel really <laughs> it's like you and me and my brother and uh, uh i can't remember names on call um a bunch of us were on stage okay. and and ill ill was playing the cajon and dave altman was playing bass um dave oh wow yeah yeah who also played on the album yes yeah, yeah. who played on yeah yeah dave altman was amazing um so we did that event and then well we, terrence and, and then, Ilil also played on the album yeah period. yes yeah they did yeah the whole yeah. band was there the band that we didn't even know we were gonna do an album with yet <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah, true yeah yeah i think you reached out to me shortly after you left from that trip about doing an album i think at the time we were thinking about doing two albums and mm. singing on each other's albums and then we decided to just consolidate yeah, yeah. um but yeah anyway so so after the after we were featured at yogi east for that event then we hoofed it over to golden bridge as quickly as we could on the on public transit and then and then i did the sound for that so i didn't play or sing but gudunam wanted you to sing with him um so you you sang for you sang for both Got <laughs> and I, hel it. I helped okay. run the sound at golden bridge i thought i remembered that okay but so this so this is so this was my awkward moment so i re the only thing that i remembered about that was how like intrusive the violin playing seemed to be to me and i don't remember if it really was or if i was in a bad mood or whatever oh. it was but i have this like oh violinist really like yeah okay fast forward several years later i'm interviewing sangeeta and i mentioned something about that gig and the violinist and my negative comments about it. <laughs> this is why you should just be transparent about everything, by the way. And she's like, oh, that's my, she was either like, that was my boyfriend or it might be her husband now. Um, but I was like, oh my gosh, why did it like this? This is why I need to not judge. <laughs> I'm really working on it. I mean, um, every everything isn't for everyone. I think everyone's entitled to their <laughs> That's true, it's not personal. Yeah, it was definitely about yeah. me but but i just anyway that that was that was like what are the odds where you're like and the vi oh that was my like what well, how did i, mean, I this do community, that this community <laughs> is not that big and yeah everybody kind of knows everybody and you're bound to run into those kinds of relationships from time to time yeah 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 well so it's neat to see i'm going to segue here it's neat to see where everyone has kind of taken their you know their journey and you have like a whole new musical endeavor now that has um yeah like let's talk about that okay uh yeah i mean so <laughs> and i remember mentioning mentioning this too casually before but i mean like i don't know like traditional rock and roll or 
uh, like roots, American, American roots music has always been something that I've had a strong affinity to and always try to sort of sneak in to Kirtan, sort of similar to how Guru Ganesh always has the maybe slightly different influences. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, but, but like, honestly, I, I mean, from the time that I was a kid, like I've always, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but I've always just wanted to be in a rock band. Like I've wanted to, and I wanted to, I mean, I wanted to learn how to play guitar so bad when I was a kid and my parents had me in violin lessons which I hated, but you were like, I, I want to play guitar, and they're like, play this very similar instrument. It's <laughs> called a violin. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It was a chicken rig thing. I mean, they, it was like the Suzuki violin method. So they had me in violin super young. Mm. Um. Anyway, you play but, violin? Uh, I don't. I did like when I was four. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. God, I'd love to. I mean, I remember like I could play a few of the early Suzuki method songs. Like I'd be interested to try to pick that up again. Um, and then, yeah, and then years later, I, I got the opportunity to, to take lessons in, in piano, keyboard, and, and I started Suzuki Method again, so I was already familiar with that, and then, and then I finally got to, um, take, like, contemporary music-oriented lessons from somebody who used to teach, uh, my mom at the, the College of Santa Fe, and he, uh, incidentally like started the whole contemporary music program at that school which used to be like a world-renowned school for contemporary music um so that was always my sort of background and roots and interest and then i mean i did also get to study indian classical music in india um which is always i've always found to be really deep and, and fascinating um uh, but yeah i mean I, I like and then and then got into the Kieran thing. And I, and at the time it just felt like an easy way to be, to be a musician and to like be able to release, release an album and not have to like actually write songs, which I still struggle with. But I was like, I'll just sing these, these mantras and try to like <laughs> sneak in some of the, the rock influence that, that I enjoy. But you did have to and, write, right? You wrote the music for. I wrote, Sound yeah, City. I wrote some melodies. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, I didn't, I didn't write all those melodies, though. I borrowed several of them. <laughs> um, I did write a few, though. Uh, but yeah, and then, and then we did our album, and uh, and then I met the mother of my children, and we moved to New Mexico. And I didn't really do any, do a lot of music for the longest time, except for just playing. I continued to play Sadna, like every so often but far and less and less often and then i guess playing kieran in, in the sunday service in gurdwara every once in a while um but yeah i mean focus on being a parent and and just kind of like trying to like provide for my kids it just became less and less of a presence in my life i suppose um but then i uh after my i mean after all the expletives hit the fan <laughs> um with, you don't uh, like yeah you don't like foul language i learned that <laughs> oh, i don't is that is that like a thing i don't know it's i don't know you wrote you had like a lot of emojis when i what did i say i was i made some mistake and i was like fuck and you're like you like did some like ear thing you're like ah my ears are you serious <laughs> emoji yeah i was like oh no oh my god <laughs> i what, I, cr I actually curse very often but i try to be sensitive <laughs> took context but my i mean god when i'm driving like the amount of times that i will exclaim with my kids in the car i probably should not even admit that my kids have just <laughs> such oh my god 
yeah my 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 youngest especially i'm like that's not you're seven dude <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't do yeah. it anyway I mean, both, of my, both of my kids think it's hilarious and like it's such a like who cares i'm trying to like not let it have like the allure or the power that that yeah. like trying to make it taboo has you know right right like if you guys want to say that you can say that just like learn when it's okay to say it and when it isn't <laughs> yeah 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 i feel like my 10 year old has a grasp on that because when he when he says it i'm like it's sort of funny but my seven-year-old like says things that are so offensive without me without like really understanding what they are and i'm oh, just funny. like i mean oh my god i'm gonna get taken in if you say something like that. Uh, i mean this is such an interesting tangent but my kid my kids are the same like my son like will say it say things sometimes to be funny and only when he knows that he's not going to get in trouble but my daughter <laughs> she knows that those things aren't okay and when she's like feeling like i mean she will sometimes feel like she doesn't have the ability to communicate or that people aren't listening to her that she's not getting the attention she needs and during this past summer when she was at summer camp like that was an especially acute challenge for her and so she got written up several times for various different reasons for acting out um and i mean and it was partially intentional but it was partly like I'm going to do something that I know is going to get people's attention because I'm not getting the attention that I need. <laughs> right. Which I mean is makes sense, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. Man. Anyway, where were, where I don't was know. I? Where were we? <laughs> um, oh, you were saying, you were saying I used expletive. Oh man. I mean, I was trying. I was trying to catch up to the present with. Whoa! When the expletive hit the um, fan, you were talking about. Oh yeah, the, all the the yogi all the shit hit budget the fan. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> when, yeah, this the yogi budget stuff came out. This when, is an when explicit podcast, book. by the way. Not because we use a ton of explicit language. I just don't want to edit it. So. Yeah, I think I that's let my guests. It's, it's, I let my guests decide. An, it's an adult podcast. There you go. Which is why your background is all blurred. <laughs> it's just, oh, this is my dungeon. I just... <laughs> yeah, I might have keyboards and Christmas trees, but the stuff that you can't make out, like, just leave it at that. Right. Just for adults. <laughs> meanwhile my kid like has gotten up to go to the bathroom twice we've started oh my god um, okay sorry um, so when when yeah, the, so, when when it all hit the fan yeah and and then and then my my marriage to my parents or my kids <laughs> my, <laughs> uh, my marriage to my kids mother <laughs> dissolved for various reasons um and then yeah i started i mean i started take i took the opportunity to like not have those pressures of the community and my co and my, my now co-parent um of uh, of their like ex expectations of who i was and who i thought i was i i took the opportunity to like explore my gender right um mm -hmm. like i've re i've 
very relatively recently come out as trans feminine non-binary she they pronouns <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh and yeah so i started I attending like that, that that was that was smooth yep sorry hey, thank going. you <laughs> <laughs> um uh so i yeah i mean it's a, my jessica my co-parent who's always been a very supportive presence in my life and even almost more so now that we've separated um she actually turned me on to some support groups that ha that had been happening um, in New Mexico, uh, TGRC based in Albuquerque, the Transgender Resource Center. And so I started attending a couple of different support groups, but the trans feminine one that was mostly people around our age in Albuquerque um, were meeting every Tuesday on Zoom. Um, and I think before the pandemic, they had only met in person and had switched exclusively, exclusively to Zoom due to the pandemic. And they only advertised that they met twice a month, but they actually met every single Tuesday, um, which I thought was really cool. Uh, and then as pandemic restrictions started to... Can I just ask about that? What, what does that mean? Sure. Like they, they wanted some of the meetings to be like for just existing members? It wasn't for new people or... Uh no there was not any restriction like once if people attended the one the dates that were advertised we immediately would tell them like oh we actually meet every tuesday and you're welcome to attend i think um i, I think it was just maybe at one point they maybe before the pandemic they did only meet every other tuesday but then they were like it's only zoom so let's just meet every tuesday and they never updated the 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 copy or whatever the website oh, okay. yeah whatever i think I'm that's all it was curious okay <laughs> yeah no it was like not a it wasn't anything intentional i don't think <laughs> um but anyway so yeah they finally started meeting in person again and then they and then when the in-person meetings did end up being two tuesdays a month and then and then all the other tuesdays we would still meet on zoom and it was hard for me to make it to the in-person meetings because I live in, I mean, I think I was living in Espanola at the time. I can't remember. Uh, I think I, although I think by the time the relevant part of the story comes up, I was actually living in Santa Fe. Uh, but even still, it's an hour drive and it's a, yeah. it's a work and school night. So it's, it's a challenge. Um, but I just happened to, to attend a meeting where uh, Nora had also attended and, and she did a share. Um, and I mean, she did a nice kind of, what she was going through at the time um but then she said at the end of her share like i'm i'm gonna be honest like i'm just here looking for musicians <laughs> um, <laughs> but she's then, yeah. in albuquerque or in santa fe she lives in albuquerque oh i didn't realize so your band is based in albuquerque yeah everyone else lives in albuquerque except me oh but you're okay. you're oh sorry i'm jumping the gun sorry. Away the goat. oh okay. man sorry <laughs> i mean whatever it's like <laughs> that's where you actually are right now right now uh what albuquerque or what? yeah no i was i was kidding yeah <laughs> right yeah. you're gonna reveal um, <laughs> reveal your like, background oh, it's gonna be albuquerque <laughs> oh my house is just it's a, a christmas mess. tree in albuquerque <laughs> it's, a, it's a christmas miracle i live in albuquerque now <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean nothing glamorous my house is just messy so I'm, <laughs> i can i can kind of get away with not you could be pretending that it's not 
I, my house yeah, I couldn't, yeah. <laughs> yeah and if, if i unblurred it would become obvious that this is an albuquerque apartment <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> oh, like man. the architecture is so different <laughs> no, this is a, this is a fun, this is like so Typical of the kinds of things that you and I will laugh at that I, I'm not sure that your audience will find funny, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh man. I don't know. I think it's sometimes funny to see people laugh. Um <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's something that's just like what that's not okay. <laughs> I was also just thinking about how how little we we actually were able to get done sometimes. <laughs> because of how funny everything was anyway. yeah it's true yeah no we i mean we definitely got along really well for the most <laughs> except when we didn't <laughs> except when we didn't and that's okay i mean uh, i mean i think i think a musical collaboration is is a, it's just inherently a very intimate relationship and that comes with drama inherent drama yeah yeah <laughs> Okay, um, I interrupted your story again, but okay. So you met Nora. She said she was looking for bandmates. That was yeah, and, and I then mean, I'm not supposed to know that she's in Albuquerque, so we will withdraw no, that from to, the record. No, that, the fact that she lives in Albuquerque is oh. is not a. You're not supposed to know that Nora is like the the person who <gasps> oh, put the band right. together. Oh, sorry, right? Because <laughs> I have the information. Ah, oh, okay, sorry. That's it's what you good. meant. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even get what we were laughing at. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that I don't live in Albuquerque is like whatever. Um, but no, yeah, Nora's a very relevant person because she was trying to put a band together. Um, and yeah, I mean, and I, 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 like, I definitely like. I mean, even before I heard her say that, I, I thought that she looked. She the, just the way that she was able to sort of claim her version of femininity. Which was on very much on her terms, and it was very. I mean, I mean, she just, she just looked like a rock star. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> um, and and then yeah, and then she said, "I'm looking for musicians." I was like, "Oh my god, this is somebody I really want to know." Uh, and and so I approached her afterward, and I I was wearing. I mean, I'm obsessed with uh, leather jackets, and I was wearing the one that I owned at the time that I was very proud of, my red leather jacket, and. And so she was talking to some other people after the meeting during like social time and I approached and she just like stopped talking to the people that she was talking to and she's like, where did you get that jacket? That is such a good... <laughs> so we definitely made an impression on each other before we even like started talking. And, and so we exchanged information and and just started getting together casually uh, to just sort of see if like our musical interests and style melded or not. And, and, and we definitely enjoyed those first few sort of jam sessions. Uh, and this was like, exactly a year ago now this is or not quite exactly uh almost uh this was october of, tw of last year 2022 um and and then yeah she was still i mean she really wanted like just like the core like bare bones um pieces of a rock band so she needed at, at minimum like she played she plays guitar so she needed a bass player and a drummer and then she mm. found a keyboardist so mm. <laughs> we were we still weren't really any closer to putting together a full band <laughs> um but she's in the she works in the film industry in the in locations mostly and she has, has knows a lot of people in that industry um 
and and two of two of her acquaintances that I think she also connected with because they're also just queer people in the film industry, uh, uh, two um, cis lesbian women. Um, I I think I'm not sure how it came out eventually that they were also musicians, but Hannah, um, who's an incredible singer, um, and loves to sing karaoke. Incidentally, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm feeling like a real snob. <laughs> it's okay i won't i won't Just drink it for being a snob <laughs> come to new mexico and sing karaoke with the band <laughs> um but then yeah and then jen told me like her like her part of the story like i mean i think uh jen was also a musician and during covid like when films weren't really being produced jen lent nora her electric guitar so that Nora could kind of practice. Um, and I don't think Nora knew that Jen actually had been a drummer. Um, but they were they were getting, I think they were getting to be closer friends at that time. And I think Nora was just like talking to Jen about like, I really need to find like what I really want. I mean, and then Jen told me the story, um, like her recounting what Nora said to her, like what Nora, Nora said, what I, what I really love to find is like a badass lesbian drummer. <laughs> and and and, and um well right and then and then that was like a conversation that they had and then jen like texted her this whole long thing like like i think I, i'll do it like uh i i I'm, I'm i'm sort of i haven't played drums in, in years but like this is something i really want to do and i think like this is this is like this just feels really right um and and Jen's actually from New York. Like she lived there, I think, before my time there. But she had been a drummer, I think, in some punk bands like ages ago. Um, but uh, but yeah. So 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 in the span of like two weeks from when like Nora and I had practiced a couple of times, and then we we kind of didn't communicate for for a couple of weeks, and then like all of a sudden she had a band <laughs> and, well and then jen had a really old friend for, uh, they used to work at home depot together like 10 years ago and and he had always they had always gone to concerts together and just like bonded over their love of music and he plays bass mark and so jen kind of brought mark into the fold um and so it was just me and, and nora sort of practicing together for like a lot of october and then like early november all five of us started practicing together um and i mean i think we're all sort of just seeing if this seeing how it felt and seeing if this was going to turn into something or not but it but we most of the material is is uh nora's that we play but but um hannah wrote a couple of really kick-ass songs and then jen also wrote this beautiful sort of like I mean, I definitely, the song that Jen wrote, it sound, definitely sounds like sort of an Appalachian, like, ballad, like, kind of a, mm. I don't know, like, I mean, I, I, the first band that came to mind when I heard it was uh, First Aid Kit, if you're familiar. Um, oh, you should check them out. I think you would really like them. They're definitely kind of, like, folk. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting, they're, they're from uh, somewhere in Scandinavia, but they definitely have this, like, very Americana, like, bluegrass oh. folk, like, Appalachia vibe. <laughs> Um, but then, yeah, but then, uh, but then it turned into this like electric ballad, like, uh, cause we're not an acoustic band by any, <laughs> any measure. And, and then, so Nora just plays this like really like etheric soaring electric guitar in the background of the song that Jen wrote. 
and and then uh, and then me and Mark just play like really subtle like sustaining notes on bass and, and keyboard and it's just this beautiful song um yeah so we all kind of have our own flavor that we bring um and the word soup comes up a lot we have a really delicious soup that we, that the we present soup comes up the, oh soup yeah. not as in like soup. you make a great soup but no, we make it yeah <laughs> the kitchen that we eat is incredible <laughs> well it uh, for some reason that seemed legit because we you would you like want it remember every time we did a concert you'd want to bake cookies so oh that's right yeah. i i took that from ann novak that was yeah. something she always did which i thought was super cool yeah so I, I just I don't know I thought maybe you, uh, maybe you still bring food to your concerts. No, but the Mark <laughs> does the bass player. Like he brought cornbread and like a stew to one of our concerts, which go. was like random but also kind of awesome. <laughs> like for the whole audience or for yeah yeah oh, for wow, the whole audience. Cool. He brought like a big old plate of cornbread and like a crock pot full of like <laughs> some sort of beans like chili or something <laughs> or stew. That's awesome. And this wasn't even just a, our concert. Like this was a, like a mini like um, Pride Music Festival that Nora had organized. Um, oh. Yeah. Do you do you find that because you are you're mostly queer, completely queer band? Every, yeah, everybody except Mark. Yeah, queer except for but, Mark. But but Mark Mark <laughs> actually likes the term queer. Like he, I mean, I think he still identifies as a, a like a cis straight male for the most part, but still feels like he's a queer he's 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 a queer person anyway <laughs> yeah oh well, yes. what was my point about that oh yeah, do you feel like like in in some ways is, is it similar to being part of like the community of like yoga community where you have because you were talking about the pride festival so i was just thinking like oh does that kind of open up doors to events that are themed that way or that are put on by people in the community or is, is I mean, there like it, kind of a close-knit thing or not not really uh a little bit i mean i do think a lot of people respond to us or that that helps people respond to us more just that um and i mean in all all of us except for mark are, are femmes i mean and so it's kind of like an all an all lady band except for mark um which I think a lot of even like cis cis women really appreciate as well. But mm -hmm. no, but but we haven't especially we when haven't... the drummer's a woman, that's always cool. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just like so badass to have a yeah. woman drummer? I think that's incredible. Yeah. That's <laughs> why just... I love Jason Mraz too. Yes. He's, he's a <laughs> right all female band. <laughs> oh, that's what's up. I mean, um one of my one of my more recent favorites, Samantha Fish, was touring with a female drummer. Um Yeah, you were telling me that. Yeah, what's oh man, I'm just, I'm really having struggling with names tonight. Um Sarah, I think her name is. I don't know a uh, lot of drummer names, but No, I mean she's not somebody that <laughs> you would just know, but but I started following her even after she stopped playing with Samantha Fish because I just thought she was incredible mm. and just an, an, a badass drummer and somebody that I'd like to continue to be inspired by. Um mm. and she's playing with a band called Oh my god. Um Maybe you could put it in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, yeah, badass female drummers, and but yeah, she's a but Jen is an incredible drummer. Like, yeah, just a really, really, really solid like 
expressive drummer that that we're lucky to have for sure um yeah and our band is called firebird fm check us out on all the socials <laughs> yeah um oh my gosh we've been talking for a while do you have to go because i i could honestly i mean we obviously can talk for an unlimited amount of time but we could we could wrap up if you need to i don't need to i mean maybe we could kind of move in that direction okay um, let's let's say in the next 15 minutes yeah Does that work yeah okay. absolutely but but yeah that definitely <laughs> brings me up to present um but i never answered your question uh I mean, what was we, it that's <laughs> like have do have we uh has all about the like community all queer band yeah um I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't say that it has really, other than just like how people, how people respond to us. Um, mm. And we're, we're still pretty new to the scene, I suppose. Um, so I'm hoping that in the future we'll be more, we'll be, be more of a, like a household name locally, at least, or be more known as like a queer band that would be mm. good to book for, for like Pride events. But, but nor. I mean, Nora took it upon herself to organize our own Pride event, and we got a bunch of other great queer bands to play for that as well. And that was, I mean, that was incredible. She started talking, she was talking about doing that like every month or every couple of months and not just, mm. not only doing it in June. Um, but we haven't done a second one yet just because we've all been really busy. Um, but I do think that's something that will become a regular thing. Um, yeah, I mean... I, I, so I mean, when when you yeah, said we played for the, like she she made that that wasn't a mm -hmm. come play for us that was like a right that was yeah. like this is our event we'll headline and then yeah. come play with us <laughs> love it so she's also a great event planner she is I mean yeah I, yeah well I mean it's incredible to be working with creative people who are like like crew people like, mm. i mean i mean and i i have a similar background like they they i mean you have like sort of the stereotypical musician who is a great musician but isn't good at, at like business or promote or promoting themselves or like like yeah planning events all these kinds of things but but these are these are the sorts of things that everybody in, in the band is really good at mm. um i mean and myself included like i i've definitely had more than my fair share of things on the production side like uh doing sound for countless tours over the years and um interning at the recording studio and trying to yeah i mean my my initial intention or our goal was to get into music from the production side of things more than being an artist and so and i mean if yeah if you're going to get into filming you don't want to be like an actor that's kind of what you're what you're doing you're going to get into some sort of type of production as well yeah. Um, yeah. yeah oh, I forgot she... about I forgot about that about you. Yeah, because you were like touring with Jagdish and Mirabai Seba. Yeah, Ooh. I toured. Yeah, I mean, I toured with. Uh, like... I mean, I think Guru Ganesha was touring a lot before that, but he did that one last big tour with the Guru Ganesha band and Paloma with, Devi with David Pramal. Yeah, yeah. And so you, I was, so I was... you went for that too, right? Yeah, I was, were, I was yeah. basically a I was a roadie for that tour because they had um higher caliber sound engineers, but they needed people who knew their way around <laughs> equipment and and staging and all of that to come help, and and I was happy to do it. And I mean that was 
that was quite the experience in of itself. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. So much, so many, so many things. So, yeah. and, and y'all just recorded, so we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll close out, but you just recorded uh, an album and you did yeah, it in a really did. cool way. Do you want to talk about that? Cause I sure. Never, yeah. Yeah. Oh God, this is a great story too. And I'll try to keep it <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> Oh, it's for I mean, you. Uh, it's not for me. Sure. Um, awesome. Uh, so, I mean, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm used to recording in the way that I think you are as well, where you kind of, I mean, whether or not you come into the, the, the pro the project process of making an album with like specific arrangements in mind or not like i'm i'm very used to doing it sort of uh like over like overdubbing everything if that's the right word like you 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 get you you get your um your structure like you get the the rhythm section down and record as few instruments at a time as possible to maintain ultimate control right so mm -hmm. So you'll get you'll get like your rhythm section on an on a click track and then you'll record and maybe vocals one person at a time, maybe vocals together, whatever, and just kind of put it together piece by piece as you go. And then you can then it's kind of like this thing that you're crafting slowly and you can add little elements here and there like, oh, there might th this would be a great place for like a little solo. And and honestly, like a lot of the stuff that I've recorded, I would just like have people one at a time play. Yeah. Um, well we when we did it we just like went to people we were like yeah what's that called like when you um a duet <laughs> no 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 i meant like like when like a like field recordings you like yeah oh yeah we'd we'd like go to people's houses like we yeah. went to Vibuti's house and had her record all her vocal parts and then she did some percussion as well and then i mean terence and hadiatma who played uh, hand drum and bass respectively they always wanted to record together oh that's we who we use... were thinking of not dave atma hadiyama hadiyama yeah oh dave atma yeah, Hadi yeah. Atma. okay that's, that's so funny because when you said it i was like i don't remember his name being the same as my other friend that's so funny but okay yeah so yeah it was Hadi atma. no it's hadiyama yeah um bass player music bass player <laughs> yes and saw in the city incidentally and um in city. yeah what time is it wait I think you just went off and go to bed, buddy. Start again. Yeah, no, that that used to happen to me. Now my children know if the door's closed to not come in unless someone is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't I don't have as many rooms to do that as easily in my. Oh, but my... yeah, but this is something I do all the time, so it's like, no, totally. You know, it's what your kids get used to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so yeah, instead of um doing it that way we nor really wanted us to just record it all together and that would be more or less the final product like just l record live without even a click track i mean i guess it would, i don't know i guess you could record live with a click track but it'd have to be really loud um and she and she wanted sort of the human aspect of like time fluctuations anyway um and so and i was skeptical about that but i was open to it and we were kind of thinking about us doing it uh diy like we had just our, like recording it ourselves at people's houses which would be really hard to do if we were going to try to do it all at the same time mm -hmm. um and but then maybe hire like a uh, an engineer to mix it mm -hmm. um uh but then i mean her and i were both up late one night just sort of separately uh and um i was kind of looking at some of the the studios here in santa fe that i've always thought were really cool and there's a couple 
Um, but there's one in particular called Frogville that uh, my piano teacher that I I've taken lessons with since I was in my since I was a teenager had always raved about, and he like goes over there and helps them fix all their old uh, like all their all the old keyboards that they have. Um, but I saw that they offered a thing where you could come and like do a concert there, and then they would record it. Um, Which is so cool that is not something i'd ever heard of before you yeah told me that that existed they, i've never i mean i've heard of people recording their concerts but not like a studio that was that actually provided that service yeah and and uh and so i was like oh god that's like exactly the kind of thing that nora was thinking of that we should do and if a studio can like host that that would be kind of perfect so i texted her a link to that the page that said that they did that and I, I kid you not, at the exact same moment, she texted me um, a YouTube video about how Rage Against the Machine recorded their first album. And that's how they did it. They, they booked mm. a professional recording studio, but they, they brought in an audience and they, and, they, and they just felt like they needed to do this live with that energy. And they couldn't, like they, the way that they did their music, they had to, that it was that way or bust. Mm. And so we were both kind of, definitely on on the same wavelength at the exact same moment um and so that really felt that felt very, very serendipitous <laughs> yeah that, that happened and then i mean then it turned out that like frogville wasn't doing that as much like like mostly they were just they were hosting concerts and then and then they would um the artists or the musicians would produce the concerts and so then the musicians would be or the band would be in charge of selling tickets and then frogville would get a cut and then it just ended up not being a very lucrative thing for them under that model. And I was like, oh, no, like I, I want to book the studio to, to record an album and I'll pay you whatever the rate is to book the studio is. But then like we want to invite people to come in and still have that live energy. Um, and so then and so with that with that model, they were more than happy to accommodate us. <laughs> Do um, they sit in the control room and their speakers or like, how does that work? Do they all wear headphones? So we, we didn't end up having that many people come, but we still had like maybe seven people at different times. Um, and so what we ended up doing is there is a little sort of a sofa area in, in the corner of the big live room where the drums and, and really all of us were. And so they set up a, a a little tiny PA with one speaker for everybody to sit in the room with us. Hmm. So the speaker was actually playing while you were playing just yeah, not in the but, same direction. Oh, wow. yes. Yeah. It was pointed away from us. We kept it at super low volume. Really. It was just mostly for the vocals. Cause you, um, with the drums and everything right. else that was loud, you couldn't hear the drums, but, but we, we had, they had two separate live rooms that they were able to put the guitar amp in one and the bass amp in one. And so we, and, and that way we were able to keep the volume in the main room pretty low. And there was definitely some bleed on the mics, but that, I mean, it, we, but he was able to help us keep that really minimal on the vocal mm. mics. And we used um, SM58s like, like stage mics instead of like high end studio mics, which are also not nearly as sensitive. And so those help to sort of isolate the vocals more. Um, but I'm just yeah, gonna I mean, we explain something you said because when I'm listening to podcasts and they're talking shop and it's not my language, I always yeah. wish people explain. But bleed is when so like mm. if two people are singing into separate mics, 
the bleed is where you're not just hearing the one person in the one mic, you're hearing the other person, which yeah. isn't ideal because you want to be able to mix the vocals separately, which is why people tend to record things separately to keep things individualized. But yeah. it has the downside of not being the same energy because you're not all playing together. Yeah. So and the, is, and these the are the other types down... of things people oh, weigh well, as they're deciding. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the other downside to recording, to trying to record everybody at this exact same time is that if one person has a really good take and the, somebody else doesn't, right. um, you're kind of, especially if it's not on a click truck, which we weren't, like we didn't really have the luxury of being like, oh, I really liked that fill or that solo that you did on that take. Like, can we just pull it right. over into this take? Like, because we weren't on a click track, it wasn't really possible to do that. So we just had to like, essentially we had to just pick like which take of everybody together playing the song together was the best right and and that's what we did so we did each song like three or i mean four or five times over the course of a day uh i mean i think we went through it all twice like we we went through the whole we went through all five songs once in the morning took a long break and then i think we did it again in the afternoon into the evening and but i mean we started at like well, I mean, we all arrived around 10 in the morning and uh, it took took a couple hours just to get everything set up. And then and then we started probably around noon ish. Yeah. And then, yeah, uh, took took lots of breaks, took one really long break in the middle of the day. And then by eight or nine o'clock, we were all like done very much like I don't have an, another performance in me. <laughs> <laughs> and then me and Nora came back yeah. the next day and we didn't we didn't start till 11 the next day. Uh, we actually we all came back the next day and uh we did a couple of replacements mostly Nora replaced a couple of guitar parts i replaced a couple of keyboard parts um so we first listened to everything and decided which one was the best performance of us all as a whole to to work with and then and then at that point like is there stuff that we need to go in and fix and and there's definitely some stuff that that me and Nora mostly were able to kind of go in and 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 redo just listening listening to that particular take in real time over headphones and just doing our part again um and but for the most part like everything that you'll hear was live uh and so yeah and then and then once we finished kind of those those fixing parts uh Nora and I stayed the rest of that day and 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 did a first round of mixing with our engineer Jason um, and then we took like a month to sort of listen and, and relax and just sort of sit with it. And then Nora and I went back for one more day and, and did some final adjustments. And and now currently the, the album is being mastered and I'm not sure how long that is going to take. I think we're shooting for an, a late October release though. Nice. That's, that's exciting. That's, yeah. a, that's a really cool schedule that you were on. I've, I've never done anything that quickly. Really no, cool. I haven't either. I mean, I thought the two albums that I did, uh, Sodom and the City and the one that we did together were, were quick. But mm. this was like nothing. I mean, that made those seem like they took forever. <laughs> yeah, I know. This album I've been working on with Ramdas, we started in September of last year. So we're, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, whatever, everything has its timeline. But it's, it's. Uh, yeah. That's so cool. Is the FM in Firebird FM a double entendre? 
Uh, I think it's just to be like a radio theme. Like you're you're picking you're picking up the cool. Uh, what is the what is the term that Nora uses, or what's the language she uses? Like the, um, the, the anyway, if you're picking up the the rock vibes of Firebird FM. You're you've tuned into Firebird FM, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought maybe because because when you said it this time, which I'd never pieced together, it's like oh, that sounds like them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that was intentional, oh. but um, it could be, and it, yeah. Um, I'd be curious to think. I'd be curious to hear what Nora's opinion on that is because it's not hasn't come up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's definitely more of like a, like a vintage. For sure, I agree. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely more of definitely sort of leaning on traditional American radio and um, especially from like this. I mean, Nora's influence is definitely primarily like 80s rock and pop and i would say i mean my personal influence is a little earlier like six late 60s and early 70s um but i mean we i don't know we we are all inspired by all all genres and, and eras of, of music <laughs> <laughs> um i mean definitely like nirvana is a one that we all revere highly we actually got to go see the smashing pumpkins oh yeah um, you said was that did you like it that was great. That was a really, really fun experience. I mean, and I, I took a picture of all of us hanging out on the lawn. Like we just had lawn seats more towards the back and I posted it on Instagram immediately. And then one of, one of the, one of the other Albuquerque bands that we're really close with Carlina, um, or her name is Carlina, but her band is called the Carlina band. She, she responded like, where are you guys? And I didn't <laughs> see her reply, but then she just showed up and she found us. <laughs> and then, um, two members of another band that Nora's really close with and they've they've come to so many of our concerts they're just like huge support of us um they were they also just happened to be there we didn't I don't think we knew that they were going to be there either and so us and like members of two other bands got to hang out and just kind of enjoy this concert all together it was great um definitely a really awesome group group experience that's so cool yeah I don't I don't know much of the smashing pumpkins but are they still are they still recording or was it mainly like older stuff? It was mostly older stuff. And I mean they're like they're definitely more of the era of like Nirvana and and just a little bit earlier in the nineties that I think we're a little bit young for, but I remember mm-hmm. I mean I was in seventh grade, I think, when they were in their heyday. I mean, we both yeah. were um yeah. and I mean, I remember, I remember hearing their music a lot and really enjoying it, um, and just being really moved by it. But th- that was a period in my life when I just wasn't, I didn't know how to learn about music. Like that, we didn't have the internet. I was very socially awkward, right. um, and and so yeah, I, did, I didn't, I didn't know at the time. It was, it took a lot of work to like really learn about different artists and and. And, yeah. and money like you had to go out and buy CDs you had to buy it really, yeah yeah the amount of access when i think about the amount of access that, of music that we had and compared to what you have now it's unfathomable i don't yeah. even think people it, people could understand you know no it's i mean people who who didn't grow up in that way i mean yeah we were we were 
we were definitely the last generation that has a memory of experiencing <laughs> media in that way. Right. The great depression of media. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that period has its pros and cons. I mean, yeah, so I mean, much you appreciated the... what you had, like you felt, I think you had a lot more ownership over what you probably listened to. Maybe Exactly. Yeah. Was... And there was, and well, you all had the... for sure. And, <laughs> And like there were just like all the bands that were popular at the time were just such cultural icons, and it doesn't seem like it was it was very corporate or like just like packaged or or whatever. It was. Like, I think it, it seemed... still was, but it's reached new, definitely new levels. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure there were different levels, but like I don't know. I mean, I keep coming back to Nirvana, but like they, but like Kurt Cobain, like he. Like he he would not do what anybody told him. Like there's there's this there's a like this famous thing that happened where they played for a talk show or something, and they and the the rules for that talk show were that they had to play with backing tracks and just sort of play along, and and I think they I think they were allowed I think their 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 mics were yeah. So the vocal mics were going to be on, so it was going to be live vocals, but then all the instrumentation was going to be backing tracks, and they were just going to mime it. Lame. And, yeah, and and Kurt Cobain threw a fit, and so and the whole band did. Like they they just. <laughs> that seems like pretty poor management, though. It's like, oh, and by the way, you know all those songs that you rehearsed, you're going to be pretending to play them. Like really, so... they just told them that when they arrived. <laughs> I mean, you and anybody should look up this video because it's easy <laughs> to find on YouTube. But like, they—they're just like being ridiculous. Like they're just playing—they're just like playing the most exaggerated. <laughs> like not like every every fifth chord that you hear, <laughs> they're playing, <laughs> and then they're just singing. So, and, but the, so they're they're the mics are on. Like they're supposed to actually sing the lyrics, and they're just singing. <laughs> and like either like this ridiculous falsetto. Or like a super low, like two octaves below what it's actually supposed to be. It was just like, like not like refusing to even pre like tr like try to come close to taking it seriously. Oh my like, gosh! Like I mean, that was the and yeah. <laughs> oh, I need to look that video up. Okay. Yeah, I definitely. Will. It was that it was nonsense. Hilarious. That sounds yeah, hilarious. Yeah. So that I mean, yeah. I mean, I feel like. I feel like that's the generation of music that that I came up on, or that's like the the genre or whatever. And yeah, and then like punk rock before that, just sort of the like, like screw the man, fuck the machine. We're gonna do what we want to do, and and like you can't you can't control us. Like um, we're 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 here. We're we're ourselves. We're we're not gonna play by your rules. Um, I don't know. I've been I've been sort of rediscovering not just punk rock music, but like the themes behind it too. Like, and the the term of um or like the concept of anarchy is what isn't one that I ever really understood or appreciated, hmm. and it wasn't something that I felt like I would 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 be interested in. Um, but I've met a lot of people who are or if if they were to pick a political ideology that would the, that would be the one that they would ascribe to themselves and it's not like what i thought it, what i always thought it was was 
like chaos. lack of any or yeah chaos yeah. like no organization no well that's how the word is used not in a political way but oh this is just anarchy it's chaos right it's exactly sort of like yeah. the way like like a lot of things it's like home birth is portrayed in movies or like you know mm. i mean there's a lot of misconstrued notions but anyway yeah keep. no absolutely for sure and it's i mean it really it's just a lack of us of any kind of centralized official organization and it's just people cooperating mm. for the sake of cooperation without rules right and so right. there's yeah um and so, it, I mean, in it's order community for community-based to too, right? Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, yeah, it's yeah. very community-based. And it's community-based without having, um, without having to, like, ascribe to any set set of laws or rules and just understanding that people have different needs and being and learning how to be sensitive to that, but not necessarily feeling like you have to, like, create explicit laws to account for every single mm -hmm. um like fringe occurrence of something and just and i mean i don't know it's interesting I, it definitely feels like it takes it it will require a very high level of evolved human to be functional which is why I'm, i still have my skepticism mm -hmm. but um anyway um it's it's an, an interesting to kind of see a lot of these things that that maybe I was interested the I was interested in the music that came out of it but not necessarily understanding like the a lot of the actual themes behind it that they were championing championing hmm. Hmm. wow that is a that is a profound note to conclude on I think good. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell people how they can find your music and what you're doing now yeah um so so if you if you search firebird fm on on really any of the social media platforms except youtube although i i do think we should look into having a youtube presence but yeah I we're on TikTok. <laughs> youtube is a good place i mean it has it's a, i don't know i enjoy youtube a lot personally anyway so uh TikTok, oh is it like a is it like a negative feeling about youtube is that why no i i i don't i mean not at all i just don't think that we the content that we have been able to put together would is YouTube isn't the platform for it yet. Like YouTube mm -hmm. is more long form video content, gotcha. yeah. which isn't something that we like, like if we had a music video, YouTube would be the place for it. Um, but yeah, we're on, we're on TikTok, yeah, we're on Instagram. You could do their shorts, like anything you put on TikTok, you could do in a YouTube short. Sure. But then just put it on TikTok. I don't know. Yeah. Nora well, is really Nora is really who... trying to break into TikTok. Um, oh, okay, well, that's then, smart. But, I don't know much about yeah, TikTok. For sure. Um, and I and I'm still trying to get my head around it as well. But it does seem like Instagram is where most of what we do happens as far as posting. Um, so definitely find us on Instagram. Yeah. But I think I I do think we're gonna slowly have more of a presence on TikTok. And honestly, I mean, not to go enough on another tangent, but like TikTok is a great place to, to promote music. And once you have music that's on streaming services, you can create, you can really easy create videos with your own music as the background on TikTok. Um, and I mean, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of recent like indie artists, especially in the generation younger than us have, like Little Nas X actually, Little Nas mm -hmm. X, came up on TikTok and mm. 
anyway so uh but yeah and facebook as well <laughs> cool well sweet i will um link those in the show notes so that people can find you and thank you so much for being here thank you all so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode Bye. Okay, wait, before you go, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to it on YouTube, you can just leave a comment there. Make sure to subscribe. This really, really helps the algorithm uh, know that you are enjoying it and allows other people to find us. So we thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode. 